One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to The Moments That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. This week, we are bringing you a very special bonus episode. Today, we are with the absolutely incredible Sarah Ashcroft. Sarah is a lifestyle influencer with over 1.2 million followers and is founder of clothing label, SLA The Label. I read in an interview that she said she started the incredibly successful and lucrative brand from her parents' bedroom at the age of 25. When I read that, I thought, that's really fucking cool. I am always so excited to speak to successful female entrepreneurs, so I really cannot wait to hear the three defining moments that led Sarah to where she is today. Hi! Hello, my God, what an intro. (laughs) (laughs) What are my longer intros? I was so impressed, honestly, reading about you. I was like, oh, I can't wait to speak to you. It's honestly so funny when you come on a podcast and you hear someone talk about you. It's like the weirdest thing. I, I totally get it. So, Sarah, we on this show go straight in to your first defining moment. In fact, you know, it was so funny. I was talking to my parents about the fact that I was coming on this podcast because I was saying, I'm going on this podcast that I listen to all the time. And all day, you know, we jump straight into defining moments in life. And I said to my mum, I was like, what's a defining moment in my life? Because I laughed with her and I said, I'm 27 years old and I don't feel like anything that defining has happened to me. And she went, Sarah, are you being serious? And I went, yeah, I was like, I really can't think of anything. She went, you have got to be joking. She was like, you've got a fashion blog, you've got a clothing label, and you're sitting here saying you haven't got any defining moments, <laughs> which honestly was hilarious. I bet you've never had a guest come on here. And I actually have never heard that before. Anyway, so then I started thinking, and I was like, I, I really, really put me to, it was almost like doing homework, this, but it was great fun doing it. So I first, I started thinking, and actually when I started thinking, I came up with loads. So you'll be pleased to know there's not, there's no content, there is content coming. Uh, <laughs> so I would say for me, my first defining moments in my life would have to be when I started out, you know, when you've got your sort of Saturday jobs and you're working in retail or you're working in supermarkets and you're just doing anything to kind of get money. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my first sort of job where I was working. I've always worked in retail. So I worked in this really small little boutique in my local town. Um, and I wanted to work in fashion because I knew that fashion was something that I always wanted to do. And I just absolutely hated every minute of it. I hated every single second of going to work. I used to cry when I had to go to work in the morning. It was just so like not what I wanted to do it was funny so I was there for a year and then I actually left and I went to monsoon accessorize and I did uh, I think I did about two years there I did it when I was at college 
Mm. And when I was there, I realized that while I was working at Monsoon, I kept being dragged into the changing room with women who would want like personal styling from me while I was there because you know they'd walk in they'd be like oh I love what you're wearing um could you help me I've I've got a wedding this weekend and I I need to put an outfit together so I found myself sort of standing in the change room with these middle-aged women dressing them for their events Mm. and it was funny because you know after having a job before that in a retail shop that I really didn't like then you know still working in retail but having found this sort of different aspect of it and you know something that was definitely not in my job role at the time um, I sort of realized that there was, you know, a, there was a passion there within fashion, um, that I sort of didn't realize was there before. Um, so it was quite funny, but I was always, you know, I always wanted to do something different. Every single day I went to work, I wanted to find something that was different. And I think that was why it was so defining for me, because that almost was when I first realized that whatever I did with my life, I knew I was going to have to create something that would allow me to live and have the job that I chose. Um, So it was quite funny because I actually, when I left that job, um, I, because as you, you can probably tell, I jumped around a lot because I really struggled to find, you know, the thing that I was really passionate about. Um, and I actually went for a job. Um, I went went to try and get a Christmas job because I was also like, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, lie and not say I'm not. I was also super driven by money. And so I was mm. constantly looking for like, you know, when you're younger and you just try and get like you get paid by the hour. And I was always looking for something that would pay me a bit more money, basically, so that I could buy more clothes. Honestly, it was just fun <laughs> my clothing addiction. Um, I went for a job um, as a Christmas elf at Harrods. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, this is like literally being in the elf, the movie. I was like, this is my dream. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go along for this interview. And I was so excited that literally thought of spending my Christmas dress as an elf for entertaining children. So I went to the Harrods head offices, you know, was really all ready for the interview. And I walked through the door and the two interviewers were like, you know, we really love your CV, but you're, you're actually overqualified. And we'd really love to offer you a job in retail. And you can imagine at the time I was thinking, I don't want to do that. I've literally just left like a retail job. I don't want to be offered another job in retail. So I went along for the interview for that. And it was actually to work for the brand Zadig and Voltaire. And at the time I was just like, I know, I really know that I don't want to work in retail. So mm-hmm. I turned down that job and I ended up getting a job for um, a promo company. But basically it's like, you know, for example, I don't know, let's use an example of if you were at a festival and someone was handing out Tic Tacs because you're working for Tic Tac, it was those kind of people that would hand out the free samples to you. Right. Yeah, I know. Because I, yeah, I was able to kind of work whatever hours I chose and you know I could do the money was amazing which was also really good and it was just that every single day was different so I suppose to sum up like all of that when I look back on all the different jobs I have it's sort of you know jumping from so many different jobs and trying so many dif- different things out I think really made me realize that whatever I was going to do in my life I had to be super passionate about it because it made me realize that I was not someone to stick with something if I didn't like it. And then it was, so it was quite funny because my mum actually, when I was talking to her about this um, podcast, she was saying, she was like, I feel like you feel like you've got no defining moments in your life because you are such a headstrong person that not nothing was going to deviate you from your plan. She was like, you were basically born with a plan. 
And I was like, do you think that? She was like, yeah. She was like, and that's why I think you feel like you don't have any defining moments because for you, you've always known that you were going to end up doing something like you're doing. Even from a young age, she's like, you know, you didn't want to walk until you were two because you wanted to bottom shuffle the whole time because you were like, no, I'm going to walk when I'm ready. You were like, <laughs> she was like, I would put clothes out for you on your bed and you'd go and put a completely different outfit on because that was what you wanted to do. We'd turn up to parties and it'd be like a pirate theme party and everyone would be inside and I'd be outside picking flowers because that was what I wanted to do. Mm. And so she said, you know, I think you just have always been a very headstrong, independent person. So I think from a young age, I've kind of, I don't know, just been like that, I suppose. I love that. And it's almost, for me, that really speaks of like, an, I always talk about like natural manifestors. And I always look at people who who are successful and what kind of traits they have. And for someone that seems to like manifest naturally, it is this um, like unwavering confidence and this blind knowing that you don't know how, but you just know it is going to work out the way that you want it to. Yeah. By the way, your book is one of my favorites because I'm so into manifestation and law of attraction. Like it's my, it's such a big thing in my life. And it's funny because actually you saying that, you know, you've probably summed it up because I do think that I've always, I just know, I just have always had a feeling that I was always going to do something different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and maybe that was actually, you know, you've, you've almost made me think maybe that was it. Maybe I was just manifesting from a really, really young age. I don't know. I think definitely that's that's what the, you you know everybody's got that friend like you who is just that seemingly like lucky person but it's not luck it's just a drive persistence faith um you know you're not being deterred by things not going right I think it's actually really interesting hearing you talk about having had lots of different jobs and I think it can be really reassuring for young people or or anyone really because there is this period of time where you're kind of flitting between things not really knowing or not really enjoying it and feeling like, oh, I don't know what my passion is. Yeah. But it seems from the way you're describing it that you weren't kind of phased by that at the time. You were like, right, I'm going to try something new. Whereas yeah. we can get quite upset in that space and be like, oh, no, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. But you seem to just be like, right, no, I'm going to, I'm going to find it. I think that's the thing. And I think young people these days put so much pressure on themselves to like know, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go to uni and I'm going to get a degree in, you know, law. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to do. And it's like everyone has to know what they want to do. But I think there's something so beautiful in like not knowing what your passion is and trying loads of different things Mm. and trying to work out what it is that really excites you. And actually, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the fact that I'd had so many different jobs and, you know, had hated so many different aspects of it. But it's also taught me what I wanted, what I didn't want. Um, and so, yeah, I think there is something so in just, you know, keep going around and trying different things until you do start to find what you really enjoy doing, I think. Absolutely. So then, Sarah, what was your second defining moment? So for me, I suppose kind of like leading on from that is what, you know, while I was having all of these jobs, I was at school, obviously. So I was doing my A-levels and, you know, I was never academically clever at school. And that was always, you know, like school wasn't easy for me. I was very creative. I've always been super creative, but like, you know, I wasn't an A, like straight A student. You know, it was, it was hard. I was always in like the bottom sets of all of my classes, you know, like bottom set for maths, all that sort of stuff. But I think in a way that was what I think has kind of defined my life because I think by not being academically clever, I knew that uni wasn't for me. 
And mm. so I didn't go to uni. And I think for not going to uni is obviously a massive defining moment in my life because that's such a big decision at a young age because it was so different from what all my friends were doing because all my friends went to uni apart from I think maybe one who, well, she actually, to be honest, she went to uni, but she was living at home. So it was a big decision at the time, but it was just because I thought I, I don't want to go and do another three years of something academic that I'm not going to enjoy and doing all, you know, the, the exams and all that stuff that I just hated. Hmm. And also, again, you know, I just knew that I wanted to start making money from, you know, straight away. I didn't want to do anything else but make money. So I actually did a year course at the um, Fashion Retail Academy in London because I think the fear of not doing something, you know, course wise did scare me a little bit. So I did this year long course and that was actually really exciting because it was um, it was called the Level 3 Diploma in Fashion Retail, which sadly they don't do anymore, which is such a shame because I would always love to recommend it to girls who are unsure of what they want to do in the fashion industry. But I think they do similar things. Um, and it was basically like a mixture of styling, buying, PR, visual merchandising, managing, all in like all aspects of fashion. So it was perfect because it was great for me because I knew I wanted to work in fashion, but I didn't know what. So mm. I, um, yeah, so I did that the year course there and I left and I really wanted to work in fashion PR. So I went to so many job interviews and in the job interviews, they would ask me, you know, do I have a blog and all this sort of stuff. And at the time I was thinking, what's a blog? Like I wouldn't even read them. I had no idea. Right. And so I remember going home to my mum one night and I was like, mum, I'm going to have to start a blog because I want to be able to, when I'm asked in an interview, say, yes, I've got a blog. So I think... Oh Stop. So you'd started it for to be a fashion PR because I wanted. I think it was this. I think it was about what year was this? It was 2013, and it was just as you know the the social media space was growing. You know, in the word influencer wasn't even a thing yet. Yeah, really just like these real OG bloggers that were around, and I think they wanted to employ you know like a young you know starter person who could run a blog for their. PR and be on that sort of space so I was literally like I just want to be able to sit in an interview and go yeah yeah I've got a blog just so they would probably hire me (laughs) it was really and so yeah and so I literally I I started it because of that and I and I think that you know none of that would have happened if I'd gone to uni because that was only a year after I left college that I started Mm. my blog and there's not a chance that I would have had a blog if I was at uni I would have been getting pissed with my mates and, you know, that's what was happening. So I think, you know, having that sort of, you know, that those early stages of going to job interviews, like way before your sort of like friends and all that sort of stuff, it was kind of scary. So that's, I think, why I started the blog, because I wanted to do anything I could to make sure I got myself a job, um, especially because I was that one friend that didn't go to uni. I didn't want to be that person that then ended up with no job either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then it, then the blog started and it, it was wild. Do you remember what your first ever post was? Oh my God, literally, I remember it so clearly. I <laughs> bring, do you know what the worst thing was? I went through a phase like, oh, I don't even know when it was, probably like four years ago. And I deleted all of my old blog posts. And oh I'm no. Because I think it was when I was in that stage, you know, where you think you're really cool. And <laughs> you, you just, you're like now I look back at it and I'm like, I'd love to look at them. But when I, back then it was sort of like, oh my God, I need these off the internet ASAP. <laughs> You know, I'm actually so annoyed at my younger self. Because it's Amazing. Almost neon blue coat from River Island that had like 
neon flowers all over it and like the OG followers will remember that look because it was quite iconic um, and I used to take all my pictures just out in the garden my mum would take them and I'd stand up against the wall of my house and they were honestly shocking like the, <laughs> but it worked you know like back in the day that's what people wanted why do you think it worked what do you think people saw in your post that seemed to like resonate do you know what? I say this whenever I get asked this question, but I think it's because I wasn't trying. Like, because for mm. me, that blog was to get me a job, you know? So mm. it wasn't like I thought my blog was going to become anything. It was purely so I could get myself a job. And I think that that sort of natural way that I was treating the blog and being very just like myself and, you know, you know, when you don't try it, something, it comes always yeah. naturally. Well, it's probably because in a sense, you know, with, with any time we're trying to perfect something or those kind of perfectionist tendencies come out, they always block us. They block. So if you were actively trying to like make a blog and really make it a success, you might actually stop yourself posting like 50% of the shit that you do because you're like, oh crap, it might not be good enough or whatever. 100%. But whereas when you haven't got that pressure on yourself, you're actually just posting more you're more natural like everything literally it was such a it was such a like a what's the word such like an innocent time back then as well because it was so like the the blogging industry was so new and it was so like real like I can't even like the fact that standing out in your garden with like your, your bush in the background and, you <laughs> and your, your plant pot that smashed and you know up against the weird brick wall was what people wanted to see I mean imagine doing that these days on Instagram like everything should be so polished and mm. perfect so there was something so nice about it but I mean obviously it's still great these days but like it was so just as I say it was like I had this sense of just like innocence around it I guess yeah um so yeah so that obviously was like a huge huge defining moment because if I had not gone to uni if I had gone to uni even I just I just think my life would have panned out so so different um Mm. but again it is one of those things where I knew from I reckon I knew from almost about 13 that I wasn't going to go to uni it just was never in the cards for me um Mm. and yeah I just think it's it then led me down a completely different road that I just would never have ever imagined would happen I guess well I think that is you know I think when you started talking you're saying you know at school I didn't feel like you know academia was my strength let's say I think there's actually so much power in also just being able to know what you're not good at as well as knowing what you are good at and if exams and all of that wasn't for you being able to go you know what that isn't for me that isn't what makes rather than kind of berating yourself for it or then comparing yourself to your friend, just going, you know what, that is just not for me. And therefore uni isn't for me. And being okay with that is so powerful. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, again, it, it goes back to that sort of pressure that people put on themselves, which I'm, I'm such an advocate for whenever I talk to like, you know, I've got a lot of followers that will message me and they'll be like, oh, you know, I don't know what to do with my life and I haven't got a plan and you know my friends are thinking of going to uni and I, I don't I don't want to go but I feel like I need to go and it is obviously such a thing but I just want people to know that it, it's not you know not knowing is actually an amazing thing and you just I'm a big believer in a gut instinct and I think if you've got your gut instinct telling you to do something it's normally right and so I think, you know, I always had a gut feeling that uni was just not going to be for me. And it it did, you know, pan out that way. Um, and it worked so, out for you. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. Yeah, I, yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's an interesting one. But I think, yeah, I think if there's any takeaway from this, I think it is just knowing that. And also, like, even later down the line, you know, even if you have gone to uni, 
and you've done all that, but you still don't feel like you're doing the right thing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with stopping and starting something completely different. Because I've got so many friends that have done that and they're actually now they found their passion in life. And, you know, almost starting again was the best thing that they ever did. Mm, I love that. Such, such great advice. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So then, Sarah, what was your third defining moment? So, I mean, I suppose the whole of, like, the blogging, you know, it's sort of the second one kind of, like, goes into the third. There's almost mm. like, a half, like a halfway defining one, really, I suppose, was was growing up, you know, spending the majority of my 20s with, you know, a, a following, which is a really bizarre way to grow up. Um, mm. And you know, it has, I've honestly had like some insane experiences alongside of it. And I feel so lucky to have the job that I have. But it has also equally been, you know, there's been some hard times thrown in there as well. Um, I think, you know, trying to grow up in and also 
be aware of like not I don't know it's it's hard to explain it's sort of like you I felt like in this industry when you grow up you feel like you are quite headstrong and you've always got opinions but the opinions might not be what other people want to hear and I think that's been quite hard growing up so I think having the job that I've had it's it's sort of made me feel like I can't have an opinion um so I think that's been quite hard um and that's definitely like defined me as a person it's made me it's potentially a little bit um well I mean I, I suppose if anything the this the blogging industry has sort of affected my anxiety like sadly I suffer really badly from anxiety now and social anxiety so I suppose the the my job has sort of brought that on which is very defining because if it wasn't for that I don't think I would have anxiety which is sort of the dark side I suppose of social media because of obviously you're growing up with the pressures of other people's opinions and you know how you look and all that sort of stuff Mm. all the time um, which can be really hard and I think because of you know it would be nine years in September that I would have had my blog which is just crazy because it's almost a decade mm-hmm. um, I think you know you can't do anything for nine years and it not have an effect on you um, and I think because of the way that the industry has become it's almost the reason as to why I started SLA because the pressures of the industry they do they do get a lot and I think I knew you know, I loved, obviously, you know, for the first like three, four, five years, I was just in my element. It was my dream. I loved it. I loved taking pictures. I loved working with brands and I loved, you know, creating content every single day. But after a while that, that becomes a lot. And you sort of think it's really weird. It's like, I was laughing with my friend the other day saying, I will, I will drive along a street. And instead of just looking out the window and looking at how nice the houses are, I will look at it and think, oh, that'd be a really nice place to take a picture. And I'm like, why mm. does my brain now work like that and it's because it's been so programmed to do that for so long yeah. and I think that it, it's it's weird because it's like a defining moment that's not necessarily good because it has changed like my my who I am as a person I think and I think because of that and the pressures of it is why I wanted to start SLA because I knew that it wasn't a sustainable kind of like phrase to stay in because obviously the pressures of creating content every single day and making sure that you've uploaded something or you've done a YouTube video, or you've done stories, you've done this, you've done that. That's you, That pressure just gets so much. And I think I knew that there was always something more for me out there. And also, I think, you know, when you've worked so hard for so long to build up such like a, an amazing, loyal fan base, I wanted to turn that into something that was mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think SLA starting was obviously a massive defining moment for me because it was such a big step to turn you know what was essentially something quite simple you know like taking photos of yourself and you know styling clothes and doing YouTube videos is a completely different ball game to running a business mm-hmm. um I think right no one no one tells you how hard it is until you do it yeah. and um but it's good because I think as I say, I always felt like there was something more and, and doing the influence and stuff almost became a little bit easy to the point where I love it, but it was like I needed something more to wake up to in the mornings than just thinking, okay, what Instagram picture am I going to take today? Because yeah. that's just not, you know, it's not, it didn't, it didn't kind of excite me anymore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so starting SLA was huge for me and um, it was just, yeah, I mean, obviously we're still very much in the early stages now, so it's super fresh, but it's just been a complete dream to have something that is just so my own. I always say mm. that it's like I've got a child all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah totally. I honestly feel like it is my baby. 
Um, and I feel like you probably feel the same way with your book, you know, when you put something out and you've worked so hard on it. Of and it's course. Just, and, you know, the response is really good. You just feel, I don't know, it's just this weird sense of like, it's kind of accomplishment, but obviously it's so early on that I'm like, I've got so far to go and like, there's so much more to do. But um, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride, should we say. I think it's incredible. And before I talk a bit more about um, SLA, I want to go back, if you don't mind, um, and talk a little bit about the anxiety and the social anxiety, because I think that, of course, in what I do, you know, mental health and and openness and vulnerability is really important. Yeah. And um, I think anxiety is just... Oh, <laughs> we we feel so alone in it as well. Yeah. I think it, it. No matter how much you hear people talk about it, I think you always feel comforted when you hear someone new talk about it because you know it, it feels really debilitating, and everyone experience experience of it is so different. So, could you talk to me a little bit, if you don't mind, about um when anxiety began for you? What you think specifically about social media was causing it, and also a little bit about the social anxiety as well. I think it was probably. The bigger I got, obviously, the more you are. You obviously you're reaching people who don't necessarily know you as well as those people who have been around for you know with you from the beginning. So mm. that's when you start to you know receive like your hate comments and your people that you know they don't you know they just don't see you for like what you are. And I think when you start to get like the negativity on social media, you know when you when you get that on like a daily basis or you start to receive comments like that it does affect you mentally. So then you start like, you know, doubting yourself and you start like questioning what you're doing. And I think then when that is a, you know, happens over a course of like a month and then a month turns into a year, mm. that then really does become anxiety. You know, it's like, it's like starts from something so small, but that small thing, if it's not dealt with, which mine wasn't because at the time I didn't realize it was actually going to be a problem. Um, mm. Yeah. It just then grows and grows and grows. And then now it's become such a part of my life the anxiety like some days it's great but then other days I will literally just wake up and not want to get out of bed and you can't even describe it can you I mean it's it's the hardest thing to talk about because when someone's like oh but what does it feel like I'm like I I can't even tell you it's just I know that something's not right that day and I don't Mm. want to do anything I just Mm. don't feel like doing anything and it is sad because I feel like it's a shame that the job that I love and I'm so passionate about has also created anxiety in my life because I, I was not an anxious person I'm honestly like the most confident person especially in social situations I was always like you know the probably the loudest person in the room and so mm. it is quite sad that it has you know changed that aspect um and it's something that I definitely I'm trying to deal with at the moment because I haven't I haven't properly dealt with it I don't think um mm. and so it's something that I, I do need to work on I think in the next year but oh. it's easier said than done isn't it yeah, it's definitely a journey. And, and and just to say that, you know, I am really sorry that you've been through that and that you that you have days like that. Um, it's it's not easy. And I really can't, you know, I feel very, um, I don't know, I have a lot of empathy for, you know, I've had a few, you know, of the OG bloggers on here. Um, and I really feel for you guys, because I think having people watch your every move having the trolls having the comments is it it is a lot and I can imagine that 
I don't know. I'm just making an assumption here, but I can imagine that on some level when you, like, like anybody that's, that's famous or a celebrity, when people have such a perceived perception of like this online version of you, there's a feeling of whenever you meet anyone or someone comes up to you or whatever, or you're in a social situation, you feel that you have to live up to this expectation of what they've painted of you on social media. Yeah. And I think as well, like, I always think my anxiety within the social media space stems from, you know, it's almost like the, the guilt of having anxiety because I'm like, I I chose to have this job. Like, I created this. Mm. And also, I'm so lucky to be in this position because, you know, it is a dream job for so many people. And I'm so aware of how, you know, lucky I am to be able to have a job that allows me to travel and, you know, pick my working hours and do all that sort of stuff. But I think, that then makes me anxious because then when I feel anxious, I'm like, oh my God, but but I'm so lucky. So why do I feel like this? Yeah. And making it worse. Um, and I think that is, because I do speak to a lot of my sort of influencer friends and they also do, it's, it's actually wild how many influencers do struggle with anxiety. Yeah. And start to struggle with, with, with socializing, with social oh, anxiety. Honestly. And I think for me, I mean, obviously I am no Kim Kardashian and I'm not trying to say I am, but when I go out, obviously there are girls who do notice me or, you know, will say hi and, and or some people won't say hi, but they'll, you know, point to their friend or whisper and you'll walk past and they'll go, Sarah Ashcroft. And obviously it's lovely. It's so amazing that these people, you know, recognize you and, you know, but when that happens over a large period of your life, that actually has created the social anxiety. Like I hate going to like food shops by myself, go walk into a shopping center. Absolutely not. It's so weird because it's like those little things that were so normal back in the day. Like I have to be always with someone or if I'm not, I will be like power walking through because it's like guaranteed not one person in that supermarket knows who I am. But my brain is telling me that everyone is looking at me. Right. It's honestly so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Do you get it when you are out and about? And like, so it's, and it is obviously, you know, it's not even saying that I don't like it. Like when people come up to me, I love that because that's what I live for is meeting my followers because you know, I don't just put this stuff out to no one. Like, I love knowing who it's going to. Mm, um, yeah. It's weird how it's like something good that I love is also kind of creating something bad because it's like the fear of, I don't, I, honestly, I don't even know what it is, but it's, it's social anxiety is actually one of the weirdest things I'd say. It is. It's like, it's a fucking minefield anyway, the whole thing, isn't it? Really? <laughs> We're all just trying to navigate it as best we can. And I think that... Um, my boyfriend, actually, he's kind of works, he owns a marketing company, so he kind of works in the social media space and he deals with a yeah. lot of influencers. And we were talking about it the other day and we were saying that there really isn't enough like mental health help out there for people in the public eye, for like mm. social media, like influencers and stuff, because trying to find like people to go and talk to without feeling like you're... Because I said to Joe, I was like, oh, I really would love to go and speak to someone. But what am I going to do? Sit on the couch and say, oh, I'm, I'm really sad because my Instagram post didn't get enough likes last night. And now I feel really like crap about myself. <laughs> like, that sounds stupid. So I was like, I would, you know, I feel like there needs to be like specialist therapists and people that, you know, an influencer feels comfortable going to talk to. Because you feel yeah. like these are first world problems, you know, when you're saying yeah. that. So it's I, quite, it is quite yeah, I think that I think influencers do have it hard um, because there is a lot of potential for judgment and for people to think that like everything does look so good on the outside because that is the nature of social media mm-hmm. um, that that people in who are you know, doing those jobs, you know, on social media, probably yeah, definitely feel too afraid or too yeah. embarrassed to say. 
oh, actually, this is making me feel really bad. I think it's that imposter syndrome, isn't it? Because it's like you're putting out this like beautiful, happy, rose-tinted glasses life. But then if you've got, if you feel anxious on the inside, then you're like, oh God, but that's not how I feel. And then it kind of like makes it worse. So it is, yeah, it is, it's an interesting one. And I'm, I'm such an advocate for talking about it because I also think, you know, if anyone else feels like it, it's, you know, to let people know they're not alone because mm. I think a lot of people can almost be embarrassed to admit that they struggle with anxiety or they struggle with social anxiety or, you know, they want to talk to someone. Whereas like, you know, especially on my YouTube channel, I'm always saying, you know, like I really want to speak to someone, you know, I'm all open for trying therapy and all that sort of stuff. But it's just trying to get through the door, I think, at the moment. That's the hardest, hardest mm, thing. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and I want to go back to um, SLA, the label. Yes. Um, so how many years has it been since you started now? So it'll be three years in June, which is exciting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, and we've obviously, like, evolved a lot because we started as predominantly loungewear, um, mm. which was kind of, a dream for me because who doesn't want to just live in sweatshirts and joggers and sort of make money off it (laughs) um and it was great and I I, weirdly enough throughout my career I'd gotten really known for my airport outfits which was slightly odd but I love dressing for the airport it's almost as important as what's in my suitcase but um so I like my loungewear looks always really good so it was a natural sort of thing to start with that but, um, you know, having lockdown, I think lockdown and, you know, COVID has affected so many businesses in so many ways. And it's actually, you know, SLA Lux, which we launched in June um, last year, was born out of lockdown because I didn't want to put on another pair of joggers or a sweatshirt again. All I wanted to do was wear sequins and sparkles and, you know, look fantastic. And I think, honestly, if it wasn't for lockdown, I'm not sure that would have happened. So it's been quite interesting, really, because now we've got SLA and SLA Lux. Um, so, yeah, we've kind of grown out of lockdown. and It's been really good. So I'm excited for this year because we've got so many new things and we've got different. You know, we've got a brand new swim collection and beachwear and all this sort of stuff coming that we haven't really done before. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just great fun. Honestly, I absolutely love it. I feel like I've. I feel like it's taken me, what, 27 years, well, maybe a bit less, but 27 years to fully find my passion. My, you know, monsoon working self would never quite believe that I've finally done it, but I have. She's found it. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Good for you. And honestly, I'm going to get my hands on some for my holidays because I absolutely have been checking it out. I'm just like, yep, need. <laughs> I know. Well, if you need anything sparkly, you know where to come. We, we love a sparkle at SLA. I'm like, anything glittery, I'm like, just put it and bright colors I'm all for bright colors (laughs) amazing um well Sarah thank you so so much for coming on as a guest and before you go I've got some quick fire questions for you yes so the first one is what is your most memorable book so I think for me I mean I'm not a massive reader I must say I actually got into reading in lockdown but I think my most memorable book and I think the book that really changed my life was reading the secret because that was my first real like like introduction to like the actual power of manifesting and law law of attraction and all that so definitely changed my life reading that what is your favorite quote so my favorite quote is the dr zeus one which is um be who you are and say how you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind oh i just think it's such a good quote Mm, it's beautiful um who is your most influential mentor so I I I think it would have to be my mum which I know is probably quite cliche but 
she has just been such an amazing just role model on like of how to live your life and be positive and be friendly and she's just taught me such amazing core values that I just don't I wouldn't be who I am without my mum so it is quite cliche but it's just so true I think it's so sweet you've mentioned your mum a few times and I'm like oh my god <laughs> like the sweetest I just love like my PA so we work together a lot so no we got, way yeah we've got a really interesting relationship but we yeah we spend a lot Stop. of time together <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so here for this. That's incredible. Oh my God, I love it. Um, your go-to feel-good film? My, do you know My, it's probably kind of, it's quite random, but Inside Out, no, you're the Pixar film. No. Oh my God, it's- <laughs> I'm like, no, I do not know it. It's Inside it's, Out. You know how like Pixar films have always got like another level? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like the kids love it, but actually if you watch it as an adult, you're like, oh it is so beautiful. And it's just honestly, if you do one thing, please just watch it. Like I'm gonna watch it with Wolf. Oh, oh my god, and he's gonna love it. But honestly, like it's insane. It's such a beautiful movie. Okay, amazing. Thank you. Great tip. <laughs> um a moment where you felt most proud. I think it would probably definitely have to be launching SLA. Mm. Yeah. A song that cheers you up. There's so many. I love music. I'm always like dancing around the kitchen. I just think it's so great. But I think my favourite song, which is, I mean, probably people haven't heard of it. It's called Feels Great, which probably is great for the title. But um, it's by Cheat Codes. And it just reminds me of such good times. I've just always played it when I've been like in just really happy. You know, when songs just remind you of times. That's, yeah, such a good feel good song. Love that. Um, Your top tip for dealing with stress. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm good at it because I'm not. I'm actually really bad at dealing with stress. But I think for me, the one thing that I always make sure I try and do to, when I'm feeling really stressed and I want to, you know, kind of take myself away from it is just always make sure you've got life outside of, well, for me, it's life outside of business. So, you know, whether that's just like going for a dinner party with your friends on the weekend or like, you know, even something as simple as just going for a dog walk mm. and like taking yourself and just living life that's not always in that bubble of stress. So I think that's for me is like a bit, it's almost like my therapy is just spending time doing things that have nothing to do with influencing and nothing to do with SLA, you know? Yeah, I I, I really actually relate to that because when you work for yourself, I think anyone will feel the same. It just takes over your life unless you like, because you live and breathe it. You don't switch off at 5 p.m. I think if you own your own business, like, you, you've got to be honest and be like, you know, this is 24-7 and seven days a week and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because I think it's your passion. Mm. That's what happens. But I think you've just got to make sure that there are like, those good fun times alongside of it to keep you sane. Totally, totally agree. What is... I, I'm going to ask you this, actually, I want to know. Uh, what's your guilty pleasure? My, my guilty pleasure is country music. Really? I love it. I also love to line dance. Which is stop. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm into this. Shit faced at a party and be like, guys, do you want to see something fun? And I'll just start line dancing. It's <laughs> hilarious. Amazing. I myself to like Nashville or something and like <laughs> be in my element. Like, honestly, I'm obsessed. I, it's so funny, right? Because I'm going to Coachella actually. I leave tomorrow. Oh, really? Coachella is obviously like, I think it's a, like a month or a weekend before that. The, you know, they've got Stagecoach, that festival in LA. So yeah. Stagecoach is basically the country music version of Coachella. And every single time I go to Coachella, I think, do you know what? I'd actually rather just be going to Stagecoach. 
<laughs> so funny. Oh my god, you're gonna have so much fun. I know, I can't wait. But yeah, I'll just pretend in my head I'll be playing country. You dress music. for it. I could see you dressing the part very well. <laughs> One thing you'd like to achieve in the next year? Uh, to be honest, it would probably be to deal with my anxiety. It's been like mm. it's a New Year's resolution, but I just think I need to stop putting it off and go and like get because you know there is help out there for it, and I need to stop being my own worst enemy and sort it out. One hundred. Well, if you ever need someone to talk to, just I'm always here. Thank you. That's so um, and the last question is: Who is the first person you called to share good news? Uh, it would have to be my boyfriend Joe. He's just Aww. number one. And when he doesn't pick up, I'm like, that's just rude. Like, busy. <laughs> I've got something so it could be something so small as like I found mini eggs in the shop. But if you don't pick up, I'm like, this is exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sarah, you have been such a pleasure to talk to, honestly. I, Thank you. I feel like I've been like a table tennis match. I'm like all over the place, but... Are you honestly, joking? I'm so here with your energy. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. I've, Thank I'm you for having me. I'm really, so honoured. Oh, I've really loved talking to you and I can't wait to see what, what's next and I will keep watching you and following you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening. And I just wanted to let you all know that we are going to be taking a break from this podcast just for a little while. But I really wanted to say thank you so much for all your listens, shares, and of course, to all the incredible guests who have so vulnerably shared their three defining moments that got them to where they are today. Don't worry, we will be back with more moments and more incredible guests. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.